0: Yeah, what's going on everybody? <laughs> <That's> so fitting. <sighs> <sighs> We're back. I'm Rob, your host of from My Experience podcast, back with the co-hostess with the most is Erica. What's going on? Doing best I
1: can <laughs> with what I got.
0: All right, I'm going to preface this show, y'all. Uh, to be a foul wow, I was already, well, I already posted on social media. We're going to talk about the Cat Williams interview on Club Shay Shay, and, you know, what the bigger point that I pulled from that is basically watch the people around you, which are basically the topics, right? And I, I had, ah, got to call you back. No. I had, <laughs> Don't do that. Being aware of the type of people you have around you is what I said verbatim. But y'all, I ain't gonna lie. I'm in a bit of a. Uh, um, I'll be a little bit transparent. I'm in, in a. <laughs> why are you looking like so <laughs> <a loud> <laughs> man? I'm, I'm in sorry, an emotional, y'all. very <laughs> vulnerable, weird state right now because some good things have been happening, and it has caused a. Uh, an emotional stir up. If you know me, I'm not a highly emotional person. I'm very like logical. A B C D. Put this thing together. I think over the years of relationships and just like when you put your all into something that doesn't work, perhaps subconsciously I've created a a defense mechanism of just pushing my feelings back. Not that I don't fully acknowledge them. I'm aware of them, but right now I feel like they are. on the surface uh i haven't uh damn i literally haven't felt the way i feel right now in probably about five or six years like it was to the point to where i have a personal blog and i wrote on my personal blog for like the first time in like three or four years because i had to get these feelings out i had to make sense of it because like my logic went out the window and my feelings were kind of like and i couldn't turn that shit off yo so i was like hold up what what can we do this is this is getting a little out of hand so now that i've written them and i've read my blog like two or three times i'm like okay we we've we've made sense of this so i'm still kind of in a weird place i don't have the energy i would normally have uh erica i'll let you tell them about what you got going on
1: Man. It's... <laughs> <laughs> that man. Yeah, man <laughs> it's, it's been a whirlwind of a week. Uh, it's only Wednesday, though. So, and, and I don't know if you guys know, but when you're in between hairstyles as a black woman, it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm so tired. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the transition of hairstyles.
1: It's so much. It's so much. It is. Now, but I'd be wrong if I took the day off and then showed up the next day at work with a completely different hairstyle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I understand it now. Going through this uh, this journey with my hair, like, I <clears throat> I was talking to my manager at work, and she was, I said, you know, I said something about the black man's struggle with hair. She was like, there, there's no struggle. And I was like, you can't tell me about the black man. How you gonna tell me? Um, <laughs> she's not white, by the way. But we we laughed about it, and I was telling her, like, yo, like, I don't have... <laughs> no offense i don't have hair okay which i would call peasy nappy i don't have poor hair quality let me say that um i don't have poor hair quality my hair is soft and curly and it's like straight at the bottom and curly at the top and i used to grow it but i stopped growing it because one i had issues with like keeping my scalp moist and then, two, like, my hair would look really good for maybe the first two hours of my day. Then it was a frizz fest. And I got tired mm-hmm. of it. But maybe, like, three, four years ago, maybe five years ago, I found a bunch of products that work that are all natural. And then this year, I decided to... I was like, well, now that I have what I need to take care of my health, hair the right way, let me do something different. So I'm rocking my brohawk with the, with the sponge curl. I don't use a sponge. I use a tennis racket. But, oh. yo, it's maintenance. Like... <laughs> And I, you know, not extreme maintenance, but because of the way my hair reacts to stuff, like I literally have to legit spend 15 to 20 minutes on my hair every morning. Like, I need it's a shower too cap too. Yeah, because if like if my hair is too wet, like I, <clears throat> if my hair is too wet, it won't curl the right mm-hmm. way. I have to curl it to a certain extent because within about three or four hours, it's going to continue to dry. My hair is going to look completely different anyway, but it gives me the look that I want. Like, I literally have to sit under my ceiling fan on high in the morning, right when I get out of the shower. So I'm cold as hell. But, but I need the help drying my hair so that I can do the thing. And I'm just like, this is what these women be going through. But they've spent like 30, 40 minutes to an hour on their shit or whatnot. And I was like, now I understand all of the bonnets and the protective um, yes. hairstyles. And I was like, this is trash, but I like the way that it looks. I like the way that it makes me feel. I like that it's unique and different. It's something I haven't done in my entire life, but I'm like, yo, it's, it's work. Like, you know, I could be sleeping them extra 15 minutes. Hello, hello. <laughs> like 15 minutes. That's a, that's a strong nap. I'm so, I'm so tired of
1: waking up <laughs> at five in the morning.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you got me beat. I wake up at 5.10, and then I hit snooze till about 5.40. I have to get up at 5.40. I
1: wish. I'm up at 5. As soon as the alarm goes off, I'm just like,
0: here we go again. <laughs> what time are you? Wait. Oh, that's because tra- uh, travel time?
1: Travel time and also because I really do enjoy being, like, the first person in the office because no one gets to bother you while you're just up in there for, like, that first hour. It's just silence.
0: I, I need that in the morning. <laughs> okay? You, are you not a morning but person?
1: I am still trying to be a morning person. You're not I'm, a morning person.
0: Okay, got it.
1: I force myself to be a morning person. When I say, oh, I'm going to go to the gym in the morning, guaranteed, I'm in there before the rooster crows, upset. But... I woke up and I did it.
0: Note to self, yeah. don't talk to Erica in the morning. When we start traveling and doing live shows and stuff like that, I'm not bothering you until 10 o'clock. I'm,
1: I'm so surprised that you've never caught on to the 4.30 a.m. text messages that I send to you every once in a while. <laughs>
0: I am <up. laughs> I don't notice the way you be respond. What? <laughs> I
1: will respond to the text messages at like 4.30 in the morning. And people are like, why are you up so early? It, I have to be, Okay. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. Let me yes. see. If I, I want to see if I see one.
1: It, it, it's usually on like a Tuesday or a Thursday morning. If I text back really early morning, it's because I'm up and I'm in the gym. Do no. I enjoy it? No, but I'm there.
0: <laughs> no, because, you know, I typically text you between 9 and 11 in the morning. No, I don't have any, And cubby.
1: that's when I'm at work. Yeah. And my phone is in the cubby.
0: Not the okay, we're gonna start the show. So, y'all, that's that's where the energy is coming from. If you haven't seen the Cat Williams interview, um, we're gonna get into that. It was actually really good, very interesting, very uh, scary too, actually, <sighs> very enlightening. Yeah, but we're gonna get into some things today. Hope y'all doing all right out there. You already know how we doing. That was our little recap combo with one another. Hump day. But... Yes, it is hump day. Where's my drop? I'll
1: be down. I'll (laughs) be
0: down. This reminds me of the episode I did with my homegirl Andrea called We Hate Our Feelings. Was that me and Andrea? I gotta look back. I think that was Andrea. I got paid, uh, I said I got paid tonight, well, oh, sorry, i the music, eh! you just remind me, the time do, oh, no. I don't
1: know,
0: don't know the last time I've had a job that pays me two days before payday, yeah, just wait got... a
1: minute, how that works?
0: <laughs> oh you right up there uh you do you have a an account with apple federal
1: oh i did when i was 10 i think i still have ten dollars in there unless so they close my account
0: i split my check like my grocery and entertainment money goes to one account and then the rest goes my bill bill money goes to my other account and the fun money hits Cause i get paid every two weeks the fun money always hits the night before no two nights before so i get paid mm. friday so my fun money just hit it wasn't there all day but it just hit Mm-mm. but the other one now the other one shows pending so i guess it's something about the way they process it so i was like eh. treat yourself <sighs> looks like we're going shopping
1: I treat myself. I, uh, you can and you should, for the feelings that you have been feeling today.
0: No, or at least that's oh, what I tell shoot. myself. Oh shoot, I scared myself. I was like, my money's off. I forgot I paid some extra bills and, and shifted some stuff around, so my fun money is not where it's supposed to be. It's in the wrong. It's in the wrong account. It'll be there Friday. Ah, but okay. now I don't. I mean, the holidays just passed. I don't need anything. I mean, there. I mean.
1: Well, you treat yourself to a nice meal. Boom.
0: That's a good idea. I may do. Uh, I'm doing the seafood boil this weekend for my mom and my aunt, Sheila. Um, Shout out to your aunt, Sheila. I love you. Hope you're not listening to my raunchy podcast. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But she saw my um, seafood boil on Facebook, which is also on past the peas app. The only recipe app where you can add video steps to your recipes and share the stories behind them. Um, she saw it on Facebook and I told her I'd make her uh, seafood boil before the new year but I didn't get a chance to and then I thought about her today and I was like mom we should have Aunt Sheila over for a seafood boil this weekend and she was like yeah she was like let's do that so I went to the store and got the rest of the ingredients yeah. and yeah so now well I put that on my Marriott Bonvoy card I need to pay off that credit card cause I got some points so some free hotel stays. uh yeah I'm good. I'm good. All right. Sorry. Brains all over the place. Man, so we prefaced the show with how we're feeling, man. I'm. Don't. (sighs) Mmm. And then you know when you send them that text message because it's like yo I got to get this off my chest and then mm-hmm. they don't text you back.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in my head is the scene from SpongeBob where it's in his brain and it's like all like the fifty eleven SpongeBob running wild, yes. his brain on fire. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah, I hate it.
0: Uh, I hate it. Just but...
1: internally screaming. <sighs>
0: uh, I just I hate it because I know I'll feel better once I say everything I need to say and I can just keep it's going.
1: just. The buildup. The, the build-up build up of so
0: the And then, like, what you expect them to, like, because you're trying to, what the, the the part that's hard is, like, when you're trying to think about what they may be thinking. And then yeah. you overthink what you yeah. did, and you're thinking, how did they receive? Like, there's so many things. Um,
1: <clears throat> so, you know, you anxious, you antsy, and when you do get that text, you don't want to look at it. <laughs> so.
0: Alright, leave me seeing if they online. Um oh.
1: <laughs> Got it bet. <bad. clears throat> See, I don't, I don't have the social media, so I can't even do that. And I'm glad I don't because don't.
0: I'll be I'll feel better in the morning regardless. Alright. Uh no headlines today, y'all. It's been that kind of week. Um and this this was actually very draining. Um we'll start with the club <laughs> shape. Like, this is just one topic. So if you've been under a rock, you don't know Cat Williams did an interview on Club Shay Shay, which is Shannon Sharp's podcast, and he basically told his truth, or some people are calling it the truth. <clears throat> um, in particular, he called out Ricky Smiley for lying about some things. He called out Cedric the Entertainer for stealing jokes. He called out Steve Harvey for stealing jokes and a TV show from Mark, Mark Curry. Uh, he called out Harvey Weinstein. He claims Kevin Hart is a plant. I know I'm going down the whole list. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm doing this for a reason. He called out Mac- Michael Blackson a little bit. He's, he said he's the one that told Michael Blackson to start dressing better, and then he did and his life got better. Uh... <laughs> He referred to Chris Tucker as the Epstein Island version of Chris Tucker. I don't know what was up with that because they were talking about the Friday movie. Um, And he called Jonathan Majors ugly. Yeah, he did. He did. So basically... Oh,
1: and... Oh, no. He he mentioned Trick Daddy like years ago. Oh, shit. I missed that. He basically said something about Trick Daddy having a restaurant. And now Trick Daddy is waiting until now to respond about it.
0: He did. How did I miss that? Was that near the end? Maybe. That might have been near the end because like near like the last 20 minutes, I was kind of like, okay. So I say all that to say he did tell his truth and I'll say his truth um, because we'll never know, right? We weren't there. Um, But that was, he really unloaded, I would say 85% of that within the first 30 minutes. The rest of yeah. the interview was actually quite compelling, talking about his upbringing and how he was a child prodigy and all of these things, man, and how he left home at 13. And, yeah, so <clears throat> the first point I want to touch on is that stood out to me, and it wasn't even about the interview. When these clips came out about him talking about Ricky Smiley complaining that he was supposed to play, uh, what was his name, Money Mike? Mm-hmm. He's supposed to play Money Mike and Friday... There's a clip about him saying Steve Harvey's hair was a man unit. He never had that immaculate fade that we saw growing up that was fake. He stole Mark jokes from Mark Curry. Uh, he stole his show. Uh, is, what the hell was the show called? Was it called The Steve Harvey Show? I think it was. Mark Curry had hanging with Mr. Cooper. That's when I was a kid. That was like one of my after school shows. I really don't remember it, but I, I, I am a little curious to go back i might be curious enough to go back and look at it and to look at the steve harvey show and compare i remember the steve harvey show much better because i was older when that came out but he claims steve harvey stole that whole concept from him he says Cedric the entertainer stole his best closing joke um and what i found interesting and he said kevin hart's an industry plant because he popped up in hollywood and after a year he had like some of the biggest deals ever but he was only on the east coast and now he just pops up on the west coast and he made it. He was like, "No, they put him there." Like he didn't earn that. He put, they put him there. I say all that to say <clears throat> I was highly disappointed in I was I was more probably more surprised than I should have been, but I was highly disappointed in some of the people I follow on social media uh, only because all these people I just named I would venture to say outside of Steve Harvey and his divorce rumors and Kevin Hart's fiascos with cheating and yeah, really that was it. I ain't heard nothing negative about these people in like years outside of that, like years. Like I don't see people bashing them. I see people reposting their clips and stuff like that. I even like, Repost Steve Harvey stuff. I think he's very inspirational despite what may or may not be true. Um, But when these clips came out, people took Cat Williams' word as gospel. I knew it. Let's piecing together clips and blah, blah. And I'm just like, tell me how you really feel. Why? It it felt like it looked like projected deep, deep, deep hatred for these figures And I'm like, for why? What did these people ever egregiously do to you or your community to make you have these feelings? I'm just I'm just trying to interpret it. I'm like, where is this where is this bash session coming from? Like and like the common sense thing. Like, I don't again, I don't know if it's true or not, but like just because someone has you on film doing something before you see me on film doing something that's the same or similar. Doesn't mean I took it from you. It just means you were on film doing it first. I could have did that five years ago in the club before all this stuff was popular with film and everything. And you could have sold it from me. So it's like the basis of people thinking that he's telling the absolute truth and just agreeing with him was wild to me. And I saw quite a few people. I was like, yeah, no, I can't have an intellectual conversation with your ass. <laughs> That's That was the biggest shocker to me was like everyone just automatically... I knew it he the truth from Bob. I'm like, "Hey." Not saying that he's lying. I'm still in the I'm still on I don't know. Does some of it look fishy? Yeah. Was he was he a convincing storyteller? I watched the whole interview. Yeah. But the reality is, nigga, I don't know. Erica, I'll I'll let you go before we continue down this road.
1: I mean, I felt the same way. I was more of a. I don't know if it's true, if it's not, because I was in the room and half of the beef goes back before I was the even beef. born.
0: <laughs> it was beefing before you was born with my old ass.
1: When <laughs> like, they brought up 19, I said, ooh, it ain't got nothing to do with beef. <laughs> so like, I was Wait, even what year were you born?
0: 2000. I was in ninth yeah. grade,
1: <laughs> and that's why I was like, I wasn't even a thought, I wasn't even an atom, I wasn't even oh a thing. God. Um, so that's why I was just like, I, I don't know, was what, what is true, what it's not. I know that Cat spoke his truth. I know that he came on the show, and especially Shay Shay, his show because. A majority of all the comedians were on that show previously, and yes. he wanted to clear the air, and that's yes. what he said within the first five minutes. Yes, and as soon as he sat down, he started just lighting it off. Yes. on everybody. Yes, um, but it was definitely that, and also just seeing the uproar, and like you said, with people just—I feel like a lot of people on social media in that sense, where. Ooh, that you're... they don't think for themselves. It's that they've had a bone to pick with someone for a minute. They're just waiting for the green light to go.
0: Oh, you're freezing. Is that my internet or you're freeze you're froze? You fro- Oh my gosh. We have not had a freeze on this podcast in years. I wonder if it's me. Is it me? Oh, it is me.
1: Onto something with Steve Harvey. Hold up,
0: hold up. You we have connection issues.
1: What the hell? Oh, this whole time I was like, why is he looking at me like that?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at my okay, there we go. So, you were saying, um, go back to the part where you said people had for years had a bone to pick.
1: Yes, people have a bone to pick, but they wait for a green light basically for the masses to be like, yes, mm-hmm. we're gonna go after this person basically. And I just, I I have, like, celebrities that I may or may not like, but also who am I? Because I do not know these people at the end of the day, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to wait for the masses to then jump on and be like, yeah, yeah, she she's the worst person ever. Like, I'm not going to do all that, basically. My- but, I mean, Kat spoke his truth. We don't know anything. You see it all the time on social media, too, especially... I mean, pick a celebrity every day. There's yeah. something going on where people are waiting for a green light yeah. to talk about them. I mean, it just happened to. Um, oh my goodness, I'm gonna forget her name that quickly. It just and her name's her real name's Courtney. She's a singer. Yeah, Ari not- e. Lennox.
0: Oh yeah, Ari e. Lennox. Yeah,
1: yeah where. She talking She's about in the, tour. the media yeah. talking about the tour. And then all of a sudden here's all these people out the woodwork hating on her. Yep. And it's like, you had an issue with her from the get go. Why yeah. are you waiting for something to happen to then say it? Mm hmm. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that I've said this before and I don't know who took this in, who didn't, but I will say this again and again. We do not know these people. We only see what they give us, okay? These people are entertainers. These people make a living off of being seen and the words that they use and the businesses that they run. And all publicity is good publicity for them. Mm. I don't put anything past anybody that's uh, a celebrity. We don't know if this whole thing was cooked up. We don't know, Right. I will say what is probably the most convincing factor to me is I really don't think Cat Williams is hurting for money or anything at this point. No. Um, so I don't think it's a clout chasing thing. It is funny that he has a tour right now. Um, he's a highly sought after and highly desired um, comic with a great, I mean, he has a great track record. Uh, there were some, some snafus in, on the internet that he actually cleared up the internet stuff. He was like, people said I was on drugs. Well, where's the story? What drug was on? Valid. Nobody can say that. He said he has been arrested 19 times, but it's because he was like, I'm going to keep my gun on me to protect myself, and I'm going to smoke my weed because that's the only medication that I take. Well, valid. And every time he got locked up, he got out, and it was, usually was something small. And I can't understand that. If I'm a multimillionaire, but I'm a down-to-earth dude, and I like to be around and out and about... Because he said when he goes to his city to do a show, he hangs out in the city. He wants mm-hmm. to be able to do the first, he says like the first 15 minutes of his routine is like, let me tell you about what it's like being in your city. So all a lot of what he said did make sense. Some of the stuff did look like it matched up, but I wasn't really invested in that. <laughs> I was really invested on um, just know, just looking at like what people were thinking, what people were saying. But honestly, the most intriguing part was his just his life story. Like when he got to that part talking about how his fam his uh he said his parents were missionaries, and they were like Were they missionaries? or Jehovah's Witness missionaries? Jehovah. What did he say? Oh no, I got my notes. Let me not be crass. Parents were missionaries. He said he was accepted okay. to college at seven. Yeah. I'll be down. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. He was accepted to college at seven. He said he read three about 3,000 books a year between the ages of like 10 and 12 or something like that. And he said he was reading in different languages at like seven and eight. Like when they went to different countries for missions, he was the one translating and like doing all the stuff. So he, I mean, basically was a child prodigy according to him. And again, we don't know if it's true or not. But he got, so I was trying to piece together the part when he left home at 13. He said he got into an altercation with his dad. Now he described it as like, you basically lying on me. And then you said you went to God and asked God and God told you this, but this ain't true. So now you lying on God. And then Shannon kind of hinted at abuse. And he said, "Ah, I didn't say that. I just said an altercation ensued. And basically to respect, you know, I can't, I can't sleep comfortable around you. You can't sleep comfortable around me. I got to go. And he moved to Miami at 13.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this dude say he was homeless and slept in the park and went to the library and studied eight hours a day and was stealing car radios just to get by at 13. Mm-hmm. That's nuts, yo. At 13. And then he says Steve Harvey stole that part of his life and used it for his own. Uh, he says Steve Harvey was never homeless. <laughs> that's wild, yo. Stealing the homeless part of somebody's life and putting it... If that's true... <laughs> yo. Oh, my God. Yeah, so... And then he just kind of talked about his love for comedy, and this is where I could see the separation. One thing Cat did is kind of like what happens in hip hop—how uh, he wants to be the best or believes he's one of the best, and it's because he works hard. I think mm-hmm. how many specials? He's, I think he said he had nineteen specials or something like that. He has a high—he's in the teens with specials, and he writes all his own material, and he—he he writes. He works on these things. And he talked about how some of these bigger people um, don't write their own stuff or they're stealing jokes or they don't work hard. They do the same routine for five, six years. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought that was dope. And that, that really gave more credence to the conversation because I wouldn't say he's bitter because financially he's on their level, I would think. But it's different. Because he talks about basically how they sold their souls to get to where they are. And he was like, I'm putting in the work as a comedian. I'm doing all the things. I'm paying my dues. I'm writing my jokes. Y'all not even doing that, but y'all on this high, high, high pedestal. Y'all y'all lied, stole, and did whatever to get on these platforms. And y'all not even putting in the work. It's almost like he don't look at them as comedians. And he don't really think they funny either. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was very a very interesting beef there. Yeah. What what stood out to you the most about the interview?
1: I think I took down a couple of notes of like gathering themes basically. Definitely about um, knowing how to check your ego out the door. Ooh. Is when kind of one of the themes that he was basically saying basically about like these people, it's like, you want to be the top of the top. You want to be the best, the best, but you're not studying and trying to work on your craft Mm -hmm. at all, basically. And he said that that's what he, he wanted to understand growing up the comedians, why they were funny. How did they get to be like that? He really wanted to take the time to develop his craft And he says that he decides to sit down and he writes and he writes and he writes because of that. And if he can write an hour and a half worth of a show, then he'll sit down and he'll do it. And I feel like that goes with a lot of athletes, like you said, wanting to be the best of the best. And it's, I guess, for people who are very competitive, and he mentioned that he was very competitive, too. For people who are very competitive and then to see someone just not apply at the same effort that you're doing and for them to still succeed and win or to get better than you, it I guess it definitely does hurt. Yeah. It, def- it definitely does sting a little bit. So I guess that's also, kind of, I don't want to put words in his mouth or anything like that, but you can kind of see where there, that is the resentment right there, basically. Um,
0: yeah, I feel you on that. Um
1: especially in your own career field. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, I think he resents the fact that there are harder working comedians that should be in those positions. Yes. Because I mean, he's in like the dude, I mean, his, he's been in a ton of movies. I didn't know he did all that stuff. I don't really follow him. I don't follow a lot of comedians anyway. And a lot of comedians, I don't find funny anyway. Um, and that doesn't mean that to me, that doesn't mean that they're not funny. They're just not funny to me. Uh, and you, you, you definitely pointed out a cool thing that I learned about him is how he not only studied other comedians to figure out why they were funny, but he made sure to cater his shows that he, so that he can make anybody yes. of any demographic laugh. Like he knew how to cater to different demographics of people depending on, so no matter what crowd you put in front of him, he was adaptable. And I think that is super dope. And I think all comedians should do that because everybody money is green at the end of the day yeah. you know what i'm saying and that's why he can do such a huge tour he's doing how many cities he doing 100 and something
1: yeah he's doing like hundred. it's a big tour it's a
0: big tour it's like 119 cities or some shit like that that I, sounds familiar i'm like yo you're wildin buddy but the bread he about to get yeah he said he had a list of 300 comics that he needed to be better than this mother had like the, the ultimate list. What what are the notes you got? What are the did you come up with?
1: Um, and just to just say one more on that part, and then I'll move on. Okay, is he has a quote, and I had to write it down where he said, "Winners are not allowed to basically winners are not allowed to let losers rewrite history yeah. because they were given a platform to lie," is what Kat was saying. Um, and also I guess. Him accepting that he could be seen as petty for picking apart the lies and the liars, making these narratives about him and everything like that. And also that, oh, well, me and Kat, that was supposed to be my my role. I was supposed to play the part of Money Mike, things like that. Uh Um, And also, I kind of got the feeling that he felt or even hinted at people using him as a stepping stone to then turn around and downplay him. Yeah. Two, he definitely touched on that a little bit. I forgot with who it was.
0: Uh, All of it. The- it was? Steve Harvey for sure, because he said Steve Harvey stopped comedy because he had like a comedy right. battle with him or something, <laughs> um, and he tore his ass up apparently. And that was the last time Steve performed because he, was, he exposed the fact that Steve was actually bald. Um, I don't know the timeline on that, but that was that. Um, Cedric, Cedric came to his show. He said and congratulated him, told him his last joke was dope, and he took his joke. Um, I don't. Uh, Kevin Hart did bring him up on the Breakfast Club in an interview and said, you know, hey, you know, he chose drugs. But he said every movie we seen Kevin Hart in, it came across his desk first, but he was the one to say, hey, you know, can we do take the take some of these themes and elements out of the script? And I'm cool with it. Things like right. Things that were over the top, like in Friday was next Friday. Money Mike was supposed to get raped in the bathroom. And then, of course, the whole thing about putting men in dresses, he wasn't trying to do none of that. So he was like a lot of these things and opportunities that came to him went on to other people. So what you're saying is extremely valid. Yeah. He had interactions with all of them. And Rick, oh, he tore Ricky Smiley up. Yeah, he did. He said, he Smiley. killed
1: him every five minutes. Whacked him.
0: <laughs> he did. He was like, he was complaining about the Santa suit. He was like, my family ain't going to be able to see my face and know it's me in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy, man. I was like, yo, I was like, Ugh. I, I, Ugh. man, the beef was real
1: yeah and i will say that i definitely do commend him for talking about being able to take those types of risks to change things like that especially when you know that like things like rape that's not funny or anything like that so for him to do that especially when he knew that he probably doesn't have the support because who is this guy yeah so like make requests i thought that that was pretty pretty admirable of him because you don't see that a lot, especially when you are new, up and coming onto the scene. It's looked at a different way for you to be like, hey, can we actually change it to this? I feel like it would be a little bit different if we could still make the joke funny without having anyone be offended or harmed in that, in that way. Yes. Um, And I just, I thought that was pretty cool of him.
0: That was dope. And that, that brings another point. Oh, my God. What's her not Wanda Sykes, the other Wanda that he got into it. There's a there's Oof. a clip of him on it.
1: <laughs> no, cuz I made my parents watch that one last week.
0: I have not I haven't seen it in a very long time, but it was oh. basically a radio host. I can't remember her last name. But she tried to play him and yes, he ripped her apart because he said before it started, they were supposed to talk about his Emmy award and like his career. We're not going to get into mm-hmm. the drama and messiness. And then when the show started, she tried to play him and did the opposite. Right. And he said he kindly and respectfully roasted the hell out of her, but he did it. He was like, my job is to roast you and embarrass you, but not to offend people who look like you. I said, Ooh, mm-hmm. I said, and he did that very well. He was like, I know that when I say you have neuraled fingers, you can't say anything back because you don't have the education or knowledge to even know what that means. But I was hollering.
1: I mean, those those jokes that he was saying, it's, I was like, it, dang, girl, they seem a little targeted. Yeah.
0: But yeah, she pulled a gun on him, right?
1: I thought it was her husband. Her oh, husband. husband?
0: Yeah, yeah. Someone met pulled him a gun. in the
1: parking lot and pulled a gun on him. And I said, dang, that's wild, yo. But she started with me. She started it and he finished it,
0: he and did finish he it. cleaned
1: shop with her, Mortal and Kombat she just had to finish. sit there. I was like, "Dang, girl, she had to, you eat it. to clock out and cry in the bathroom."
0: Fam, I laughed so hard at that, but yeah. So, mm, I'm gonna give y'all a theme that I saw. Uh, mm, oh, he talked about uh, wanting to be friends with Jesus. And he talked about his relationship with God. And one of the things he said that really stuck to me, he referred to his comedy as a gift to be able to do certain things. And he's utilizing them, his gift, his gifts, and he's utilizing them in his craft. Uh, and the way he spoke about things were very eloquent. The way he told his stories, he took his time. He was very composed, even though he was drinking, Mm-hmm. He never, to me, came off drunk or like, oh god, no. he's just talking. And I was like, he's holding that well because I'm like, he had like two, two, two or three them things. And yeah. I was like, he is, he is holding it well because I'd have been like, all right, we need to end this. Um, and he took his time, man. Like he took his time. He thought about his responses. He wasn't just blurting stuff out. And he was very composed. And you can, t- this is one thing I can tell. Um. Well, I will say I think I can tell because, again, even if all that stuff isn't true, he has been through some hard times. Mm -hmm. Uh, He talked about how on Friday before the movie, he found out he had a tumor in his jaw, which I wish Shannon would have went deeper into that because I was like, wait, what? Like, was Mm -hmm. this life threatening? And then he said his son was holding his necklace and dropped it and broke his two front teeth. And he, like, he didn't have money to get any of that stuff taken care of. And he got this one shot with this movie. And then back to your point, you know, you need this money. You need this role. You need this to work. But you still go in there and say, hey, if this is true, because my uh, Ice Cube did respond. But he said he made changes to the character, to the wardrobe, to the mm-hmm. mannerisms. Like, he basically wrote the he wrote the lines too he said he wrote the lines for money mike and all that that's a big risk when you're unknown you yeah. know when someone can just pluck another comedian um but he did that so i found a lot of those elements very intriguing
1: and i'll definitely say with him talking about his upbringing and especially being 13 years old and deciding you're going to move to florida and just getting in the back of a semi truck yeah that's just one crazy in me, but also was basically him saying, where's my
0: notes? That's kind of yes. like the norm. Where
1: where he said, uh, there's no such thing as not being afraid. Yeah. And how being afraid in a, in a way basically stops you from doing what you have to do, even though it's like, you can be afraid, yes, but you still have to do what you have to do.
0: Like that text there's, message I sent. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I expect a text mix back. Yeah, <laughs> I said that all crazy.
0: Text mix, you hungry,
1: <laughs> You hungry? Yo. <laughs>
0: no, we got you though. You you right? Um, I think that was dope. I think that was dope. Hitchhiking was a big thing. Um, that was before yeah. that was before your time, before my time. But yeah, that was. You would see that all the time in the movies. I would see hitchhikers. When I was growing up, Like we were going road trips. It was very normal to see hitchhikers. But we also didn't have access to the information that we have today. And we also weren't... The murder rate and all that stuff was very... The world was a very, very, very... Different. very, 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 very different place when I was growing up from when you were growing up. I mean... Yeah. I'm talking about I go outside and I lived in a big... Neighborhood, and I used to go outside at 4 p.m. and my mom would just be like, "Be back when the street lights come on." Like, Mm-mm. and I'm like eight, nine years old, and I'm talking about my neighborhood was huge. Like, I could like I could go probably 15, maybe I could go within a 15 to 20 minute walk from my house and still be in my neighborhood. Like, that's how big my neighborhood is. And I mean, you're talking the era with no cell phones, no nothing. Yeah, it was just much. It just seemed to be a much safer world. Um, That's that's crazy, but
1: mine was. You get to ride your bike across the street to the fire hydrant, and that's it. That's
0: it. it. I need to be able to see you. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then I got to Philly, and I got that cell phone from my pops. Thought I was doing something. I used to have to call and check in.
1: Hello, the LG Cosmo. Love that little slide.
0: For the keyboard wow, <laughs> LG Cosmic. I ain't doing this with you. Let me make sure I didn't miss another <laughs> another good point before we get to uh, why he had to come with their wives like that. He's he. there's some con- <laughs> at the end of the day, he said. <laughs> Hollywood is very he tried to unearth a lot. Well, he did unearth a lot of things in his comedy routines. He talked about Harvey Weinstein and a lot of stuff that happens in the industry and people ignored Mm -hmm. it. And now they're coming out. Um, And (laughs) I ain't gonna talk about the women like that. But he said certain men end up with a certain template of wife that you never hear from in any interview or nothing. He was like, it's like the part of the package. We're going to give you all this money, all these big roles, and you're going to get this wife. And you're going to sit mm-hmm. here and do what we tell you, and we can take it away whenever we feel like it, Jonathan Majors. That was crazy. And
1: I don't, like, please, I don't understand why they coming out the woodworks. It seems out the words like being like i know you ain't talking about my wife why why you even make the shoe fit like why would you even lace it up like that yeah he didn't say a name
0: he didn't say a name but uh no comment people were putting pictures and stuff out there like that but uh that's that i mean i got nothing else on that interview i kind of just want to leave that where it is you have anything else you any themes or anything else you wanted to touch on before we left Um,
1: just saying that he is very admirable for being able to overcome a lot of the curveballs being thrown at him. Yes, I will say.
0: And of course, don't want to repeat this. What? (laughs) (laughs) He said he wanted to make it to where he is today without having to perform any lewd sexual acts or have any lewd sexual acts performed upon him and he has succeeded in that. I'll leave it at that. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I laughed yeah. at that. So, um, <laughs> honestly, um, it was a good listen. It was a good listen. Shout out to Shannon Sharp. He's catching a lot of flack. People are... People are um, ooh, I got a gem for y'all. People are coming at his neck uh, for He the never interview. said
1: he was a journalist.
0: Well, he never said he was a journalist, but I don't understand... Well... <sighs> I mean, I get why people, I get why people are upset with him and I get why it looks a certain way, but people aren't taking a step back. It looks a certain way because dang, how you going to have all these brothers on here give all these cool stories, everyone's peaceful, cool. And then you let another guy come on and talk about all these people you just had on your show. But you got to mm. remember, he not friends with these people. These are people he's no. interviewing as guests on his show. Um, and as someone who does, who has done multiple interviews, we need to count how many interviews we've done. Uh, I've been
1: trying to. It's a lot. What number you at? I'm still in
0: 2021. <laughs> I venture to say I've interviewed at least 50 to 60 people. Um, and you got to set the tone for how you want things to go. I expect people to speak their mind on Shannon Sharp Show. The end that's the tone he has set. That's, that's what you get. Um, this show, we're a bit more tame. We kind of, we pre-screen things. Uh, there are, I think there's maybe one interview that I never aired. Um, and it wasn't that it was a bad interview and she's dope. She's cool, but she's a comedian and she told some jokes and I did laugh at the jokes, but I'm like, mm, this might get me canceled and get her canceled. But she's a comedian. And I was like, "Mm, I don't think this is a good idea. So I never put it out. But um, with him, I don't understand why he's getting the flack. Because why are we acting like this is the first time someone's done an interview where they just aired out dirty laundry? Why are we acting like this is brand new? Is it just because they're black? Like, why? This has been happening. I mean, and not to throw shade or anything, but name a radio show. Have y'all watched The Breakfast Club? Like, have y'all watched Drink Champs? Like, have y'all not heard Dish Tracks? Have y'all not, like, seen Instagram rants? And I mean what you want the We you what do you want the interviewer to do? Just tell him, Shut the fuck up or don't say that? I mean, Shay was like, Come on, dawg, why are you letting them catch trades or like, no, nah, don't say that? Like, he said that, but I mean, you're there to let your guests speak their mind is really what you're there to do. And again, we pre-screen a little bit so we can kind of curtail, not curtail, but like, hey, these are my talking points for you. This is what, whatever you put on this questionnaire is fair game. Is there anything you don't want to talk about? You need to let me know on this questionnaire and I won't bring it up. However, I'm going to ask you questions still. And if you don't want to answer no questions, you don't have to. And we just let it rock. You know what I'm saying? that some people are more comfortable and more free flowing. Some people aren't. Um, there's been times where I've had to mute people. I'm like, ah, we're not going to put that out there. I'm going to protect you and me, but (laughs) that's just how I roll. I'm in a different position. Uh, but this is what I noticed as of now that it has over 40, probably when I looked today, when I was finishing it, it has over 41 million views, which Mm -hmm. is absolutely redonkulous. But I was like, I wonder why it only has at the time yesterday, when I was listening to it, it had 39.2 million views. And I, I put it on Facebook and I was like, yeah, it only has 1.2 million likes. And I said, now that's a lot of likes. But out of 39 million people, interesting. And someone I went to school with, I ain't going to put a name out there because I don't know if she won't be saying anything. But she was like, it further proves why you can't get caught up in people affirming you. They watch watching know. So mm-hmm. people are watching you. They might not always say something. They might not always make their presence known. But they're watching like my podcast does a little, little bit of numbers. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, somebody's listening. But that's that's that was very interesting that she said that. But yeah, uh, if y'all want a few laughs, if you want to hear an intriguing story that may or may not be true. If you like Cat Williams, I would say listen to it. You know, I did one half yesterday and I finished the other half today. Erica. Yes. Have you ever had to deal with, you know, this overarching thing of watching and paying close attention to the people that you have around you?
1: Mm, my favorite types of question. Yes. And
0: Oh.
1: Only <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be damned. I only do it um or I don't do it now, but I used to when I really wanted to see I know this sounds so terrible, but it wasn't like a test, but it was just to see who was really going to be there for me to like, see who's in my support circle. Especially, I'll be there.
0: You was testing them.
1: Especially. Yeah, I was. After you get like, I, I ain't going to lie. Wasn't I was. It was a test.
0: <laughs> we've, all, we've all done it.
1: We've all done it. And also after you've gotten like a really weird dream. You know, like, when you wake up from those, like, weird cryptic dreams. No, nope, I'm done,
0: I'm on- done. I'll, I'll be dead. I'll be, dead. I, just I'll be dead. I done had a girlfriend get mad at me because of a dream. Go ahead.
1: But I'm saying, like, sometimes where it's, like, the same theme keeps happening in the dream. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, I I need to step back and I need to see. I'm like, which which one to use is not really here for me? But... I think that's around the only time and even then like having to talk to like my parents growing up about stuff like that, trying to figure out like who's actually there for you in your support circle and who's going to talk about you once you leave the room type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So I will say it definitely sucks to find out who's there for you and who's yes. not when you actually need them. <laughs> exactly. And
1: exactly.
0: That happened to me.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes, I found out real quick. It
1: happened wasn't, a lot in high school.
0: I wasn't as surprised as I thought. Uh, ooh, high school. Ugh. You know what I've? You, what? I've, oh,
1: my thing froze.
0: Oh, are you still frozen? No. Oh, you didn't freeze on me. Um, what you were saying? You know, so watching the people that you have around you. So to Cat Williams' point, one thing. Presuming he's telling the truth. He was sure of himself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, you gotta be pretty damn sure of yourself to leave the house at 13. Yeah. Uh, So that's one thing you need to do if you haven't done You need to be sure of yourself because when you're sure of yourself, then it makes it easier to determine how people are truly... Treating you according to how you see yourself, because if you see yourself a certain way, you present yourself a certain way, and you're letting people know I am this way, and they aren't treating you accordingly. There you go. Because if you're all over the place with it, you might not even be able to tell that someone's treating you like trash and not respecting you. So having that that self worth and that value goes a long way. Kind of like he had, you know, Cat Williams had his his morals and values intact, and he knew what time it was when he got ready to try to go blow up, so he was like, all right, these, this is what we ain't doing, and we ain't doing this, and then now he's talking about all these people around him in the same realm as him, because we're going to cross paths, right, that are doing these nasty, ungodly things, according to him, uh, him and Ludacris got invited to an Illuminati meeting, according to him, that was wild, <laughs> total ludicrous couldn't have no sideburns in the- i'll be down i'll I'll, 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 I'll be i'll be down yo the illuminati telling Ludacris he can't have them cybers no more is nuts yo (laughs) (laughs) oh i laughed at that too hard i lost my train of thought oh yeah but people around you doing these things so uh you do definitely need to know who's around you um You will be tested as a friend. I have been put in some very uncomfortable and vulnerable situations for friends. And I've come to realize that if someone for me, right, if someone is truly your friend and they know you, they're not going to put you at risk or put you in do, do things to put you in these precarious positions. Like if you got a homeboy And Now, now, it doesn't mean y'all have to be just alike. Like, let's say I got a homeboy that's in the streets and I ain't ain't about that life, but I'm in college. If he about to ride out and do a drive-by or do a robbery or do a drug deal, he shouldn't be calling my phone because he know that that's not my world. You shouldn't be dragging someone. Even if y'all are friends, you shouldn't be dragging someone into that world when you know, yo, that's not you. Like how like the guys are like in the hood, You know, it had the basketball star kid. Like, nah, dog, you need to go in the house. Like, you need to hit them books. Like, you don't need to be out here on the block with us. Like, that type of deal. But some people don't care about that. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been in situations where I've wanted to call certain people for certain things and to do certain things. But I'm like, nah, I don't want to drag them into this, this world or this part of life. Like, no, I got other people I can call for that, that get that, that understand the risk, that'll ride out and do this type of thing. So right. that, that's, a, that's a a line of respect. But you also need to know who's pouring into you and mm-hmm. who only wants you to pour into them and they don't ever give anything back.
1: Have you ever been used, Erica? I believe so, yeah. For <gasps> sure. For sure. Yeah. What happened? Uh, Just being that support. Mm-hmm. I guess in that sense. And also because sometimes when I'm friendships and relationships, if I truly really do care about somebody, I will kind of almost like you say, like my feelings will come a little bit after theirs will. Mm-hmm. And if there's ever a conflict or anything, I kind of I won't really address it because I'm just like it's not necessary because it's like I don't want to riff because I'm always thinking of that person's feelings. Mm. And I feel like that's where it leads me to be like stepped on and stepped on yeah. and stepped on. Ooh. And then also like when I'm like, oh my gosh, do you want my help? I can definitely help. And like bending over backwards, dropping everything and running to help someone or be mm. there for them. And then, I mean, who was there for me? I was mm. just sitting here. Yeah. Me and my cat. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sitting here feeding my Yo. Yeah. So she huh. right here. You just you just said a really dope thing. Uh, I've learned to... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Life has shown me that I cannot expect people to show up in the capacity that I show up for them. Yeah. People will only give you as much as they can give you and as much as they are comfortable with giving you. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. So that also lets me know... When it comes to this Rob energy and these resources and stuff that I have, I limit that now. Because if I look at you and I'm like, okay, you have the capacity to, quote unquote, do more for me or be a, a play a bigger role in certain things, but you are choosing not to versus you don't have the capacity and you can't. You could, but you're right. choosing not to. If you Then I need to make some adjustments because... It needs to be reciprocal. The relationship needs to be reciprocal, not equal, but reciprocal. Like you should be, you should be trying to give as good as you get in my opinion. Uh, but another thing y'all really need to think about when it comes to the people around you is what type of influence are they having on you? Are you still on your P's and Q's or are you noticing that you're slacking off and not doing certain things that you said you wanted to do or that you should be doing? Because That happens too, man. We are highly influential people. The Cat Williams interview showed that. like, He came out blasting out all y'all. That's what we doing this year. We putting everybody on blast. (laughs) We telling the truth. We blah, blah, blah. Why does it take someone you don't even know by the name of Cat Williams to out a bunch of people where you don't even know if it's true for you to have that type of energy? You wasn't on that type of energy last year. You wasn't on that type of energy the year before that. You wasn't on that type of energy the year before that. And if you are low key talking trash about people in your life who may have done similar things to you, clearly they're still around in your life and you sending subs instead of reaching them directly. So what does that say about you? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you're going to be on your P's and Q's, be on your P's and Q's all the time. Now, if someone sparks an idea or inspires you, that's different, but they shouldn't make up your mind for you, if that makes sense. But I saw a lot of that, but I mean, I digress. Erica, that's all I got on that topic, man. That, that That's all I got. That's all I got. Okay. That's all I got. That's you got anything got. else? That's all I got.
1: That's all I got.
0: All right. We're going to give the message to the brothers. Right on, brothers. I still need to record that. Sorry, brothers. Like I said at the beginning of the show, Mm -hmm. my emotions and feelings are all over the place. I still ain't got no text message back. Um, Mm. Watch who you have around you. As black men, I don't know. I'm just going to speak about black men. Forget everybody else. Thinking about my upbringing, I was forced, influenced, and peer pressured to do a lot of shit, a lot of shit that could have got me hurt, killed, arrested, a lot of bad things, mostly bad things, <laughs> um, by people who are the same age as me, by people who are older than me, by people who knew way better and knew how terrible it was But I was young and impressionable or I couldn't stand up for myself, wasn't in a position to stand up for myself. And I've had to check those people and I've had to learn and grow through those situations. And thank God I made it out alive um, and not behind bars or, or worse. So when I say. Be mindful about who is around you, truly be mindful. Do these people truly have your best interests at heart? Do you cringe when they call or text you? Do you hate when they come over? Do you always try to find a reason or excuse to get away from them, or do you feel inspired or motivated when you're around them? Do you find yourself wanting more conversations with them to build? Do you find that y'all have common- commonalities and similarities, and that you know y'all want to grow a business, or I don't know, have playdates with the kids, or exchange philosophies about marriage and life and work or whatnot? Like, really take a time to. Analyze those relationships, because one of the things I always talk about on here is your ability and your power to choose. You get to choose all of this stuff. Like, I don't like. We have to break this thing of these fake obligations. Like people try to make you feel like you there. You're obligated to them. Like y'all married, or like there's like a legally binding contract. It's not. I'm sorry for the language, but you can tell anybody in your life to fuck off, regardless of familiar relations or friends. You really can. Especially if they're not doing what they should be doing by you. Like you have that right. And you can tell them to kiss your ass when it comes to that guilt trip they're gonna try to get you put you on. And they wanna put you in that guilt trip because they know that severing that relationship means that you gain and they lose. You were the asset. they were the liability. So when you cut off them liabilities, they want to make you feel it and feel bad and feel hurt. Nah, that same effort and energy I was putting into you, you old liability, I'm putting it into myself. Or I'm pouring into my friends who are assets to me. That's what we're doing this year, okay? Be mindful, be careful. If you got to check some people, check them. If you want to hold on to somebody, check them. Hey man, look. This how this friendship been going, this how this friendship been rolling, or this relationship been rolling, whatever level of relationship, not just romantic ones. Listen, this is what I need from now on. Like, we not doing this no more. We can do this, we can do this, we can do this. This other stuff, we not doing that no more. If that's all you want from me or if that's all you have to offer, we got to go our separate ways. It is what it is. And it's nothing personal, but I got to do what's best for me. The end. I'll be damned. Mike Dro, Mike Dro, and ladies and gentlemen, that was episode three hundred and one <laughs> of From My Experience podcast. Sorry we weren't on a hundred today, but uh, we did drop some gems and we gave y'all some good stuff. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, 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 it'd be like that, and y'all know. We don't ever force content over here but I, I didn't want to start the new year off slack i was like 50 50 <laughs> with canceling but uh because erica had enough energy to help carry this thing I through did? Wow. i'll be down because you had enough energy to carry <laughs> us through and you gave me the we had a nice little uh personal conversation before the show started i was like all right we can get this done so we love y'all. Thank y'all for continuing to tune in. Be careful of who you have around you. Uh, don't let the internet tell you how to think and feel, okay? Think and feel for yourself and base this in reality, alright? Until next time, take care of yourselves physically, mentally, and financially. We'll see y'all next time. Peace.